Headquarters to all units. Headquarters to all units. All units stand by for On Patrol with the PPD, airing now on WTBR 89.7 FM. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to On Patrol with the PPD here on WTBR 89.7 FM, Pittsfield Community Radio. My name is Mike Wynn. I'm the Chief of Police here in the City of Pittsfield, one of the co-hosts for this weekly radio program. And before we get started, let's get a check of the weather. Gary? WTBR radar weather for the Pittsfield area. Today, rain likely. Highs in the upper 40s. North wind 10 to 15 miles per hour. Chance of rain 70%. Tonight, mostly cloudy. A chance of rain in the evening. Lows in the upper 30s. Northeast wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Chance of rain 40%. Saturday, partly sunny. Highs in the lower 50s. Northeast wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Weather forecasts for WTBRFM are provided by the National Weather Service. Good morning. Welcome back. Happy Friday morning. Uh, as we were just saying before we came on the air, it, it is Friday, but what does that mean? Yeah. What? What does it matter? <laughs> it's, it's like all the days are the same. You, you know, it's it's so, the Lieutenant, you, you've been doing a little bit of this telework, telecommuting thing, doing a lot of work from home. Uh, Gary, smart Gary over there has not. Uh, he's, he's, he's been kind of uh, deep in the trenches day in and day out uh, in our two couple, a couple new locations with me for the last couple of weeks. Um, other than location, my schedule pretty much feels like it always does, um, except that I'm spending a lot more time on conference calls. But I was listening to a news piece before I left the house this morning, and uh, you know, for people who normally report to a, a work site, an office environment, and they've been doing this shelter-in-place work from home, uh, the days are blending, right? There's no, there's no... That's what happens, yeah. <clears throat> There's no structure to distinguish between Monday through Friday or Saturday, Sunday. And this probably isn't the, the most appropriate forum to share this, but I saw a tweet that my wife commented on last night, <clears throat> and it said the days are now divided into coffee hours and alcohol hours. There, there is no <laughs> other law. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's not the nicest way of thinking about it, but it does kind of paint a picture, right? So, um I, I did not pull news articles uh, for a couple different reasons. I'm having some te- technological difficulties, as Gary knows, uh, with, with my home office. So we're trying to work around that. Uh, and it, just, like I said last week, you know, what are we going to talk about that's not related to the virus? But we got to, um, you know, we got to look for some stuff. I did want to talk about one news story that is of world significance um, more because it's it actually has personal significance to me. So you guys uh, saw the stories and you've been following the story about the um, the United States Naval aircraft carrier, the USS Eisenhower, and uh, it's now ported in Guam as they try to mitigate this. The, the um, crew complement on the aircraft carrier has a significant number of positives. And I don't know if you saw last night, uh, it's um, the embattled commanding officer of that ship has been relieved. Um, they relieved him, and that's kind of controversial. There's actually a change.org petition going around. They they relieved him for actions that were not conducive to the the order of the chain of command. They basically said he went outside the chain of command. And it, the reason it's controversial is the Secretary of the Navy went outside of the chain of command to gather the information and take the action to justify relieving him. So it's like, you know, shame on you. Do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. But the reason I wanted to bring that one up is it's personally significant. That captain is a classmate of mine from my brief time at the Naval Academy. Oh, wow. So our um, our class group, our, our online class group has, has been talking about it quite a bit. And, uh, you know, no, 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 no good decision there, right? I mean, if you're the captain of a ship that has to maintain a warfighting capability and you believe sincerely that illness in your crew complement is going to prevent you from being able to maybe fulfill your... What do you do? You got to make a decision, right? Um, You continue to carry on then just wait until you can't complete the mission anymore or do you take drastic action? And, um, you know, he he made the decision that he thought was 
the in the best interest to protect the largest number of his sailors um you know when when i for the brief time i was there that's what we were taught to do right to complete the, to carry out the mission and take care of your crew so um hopefully you know the the crew the first and foremost hopefully the crew will be well that they'll they'll get the treatment and they'll be able to go back out and and carry on uh, projection of force on behalf of our nation and i wish my classmate the best right no no matter what happens um you know we've got your back we know we know why you did what you did and you know like i said there's no good decision there so it's it's uncertain times, you know, and we we have you know military paramilitary. We have processes in place, structures for a reason, and um, we follow them even in times of turmoil like we have now. But sometimes there are situations where you know it's you know, call it out of the box thinking or action, and you have to kind of yeah maybe change it up to uh, to keep things. Um, rolling in there make a decision yeah. and stand by your decision and if there are consequences there are consequences that happens right so yep. all right um yeah, no and what else is going on in the world this was the tagline from yesterday gary welcome down patrol with the ppd where it's all COVID all of the time <laughs> and it's uh our, our our normal routine for these friday mornings has been disrupted just like everything else has been disrupted but we're here and we're going to keep being here for as long as we can continue. We're grateful to the staff and the crew here at WTBR and PCTV for allowing us continued access to the airwaves so we can share with you what's been going on. Um, it's like the lieutenant said, strange and interesting times. I, 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 I will say that, you know, in terms of, of news articles, I, I'm not going to refer to anything specifically, but there are a lot of stories coming about out about uh, you know humanity and how people are stepping up and helping out other people and you know, donations and so it's it's good to uh, hear about and and see um, the good that is coming out of this very different situation definitely um, so we've had a lot going on a lot going on and we can talk about some of the the technical aspects of what's been different and what we've been working on and you know we'll, we'll get into some of the stuff around st joe but i want to talk about the project we discussed last week that has actually been much more successful than i even hoped for so lieutenant traversa you you made your debut on youtube this week <laughs> yeah um i gotta ask you what the boys wh think of that uh at home, they, yeah, they were they were kind of giggling a little bit. I, you know, I said, "Listen, I gotta, I gotta make a video. You gotta help me out with this." And um, my son helped me, you know, set up and um, you know just do this and the, video editing on an iPhone. Video editing. I didn't know about that. <coughs> <laughs> um, hadn't hadn't used that to that degree. Um, so he uh, he helped me out with that, but. You know what was the challenge was finding a book. I, you know, my kids are, you know, both well into their teenage years. My daughter is actually going to be uh, 20 next week, which is crazy. Um, but, you know, looking down in the uh, in the collection of children's books, there's nothing modern, you know, in the last 10 years or so, I would say. So I may have to hit you guys up because I... You know, in talking to you, Gary, and I know Chief, you've you've had you have some. Uh, you know, you're talking about getting some. Um, you know, books from local authors and some new stuff. So, but uh, you know, doing the video, hey, whatever, whatever we can do to um, you know continue some sort <clears throat> of of connection with with the community and people that we would normally um, you know have contacts with and. And, yeah, right and you did a good job. You did a good job. I just yeah. want to give credit where credit is due. Right. And Gary, you're, uh, you're got, getting ready to prepare one? I got five videos to do this weekend. Right. I got five books. And and you have a friend who is also an author yep. that provided some books? Yeah, she sent me the books over the weekend. Nice. Friend, a friend of my wife's and uh, Ellie the Pig. Nice. Ellie the Pig is real, and they travel to elementary schools all over New York. And Nice. Looking forward to that. Yeah. So, um... I just you know a couple things on that so uh lieutenant 
you you did uh, your video and you know assisted with by, ably assisted by your children. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, and uh, Officer Godfroy, she did yeah. one. Uh, getting I really liked hers. Yeah, getting uh, <laughs> getting positive the stuff there. Yeah. And the other police departments that are doing it, and North Adams has been doing it. Chicopee's been doing it. Lee stepped up and they've been doing it. So um, you know, just anything we can do to continue some sense of normalcy and, and maybe provide. A, a little you know levity or a break um i have a friend that uh she com you know she messaged me offline and she's like chief i just want to let you know that my kids are loving the stories right so it's you know anything anything we can do to you know provide a little light yeah the, we may have to slow it down though chief because we, you know we maybe have a few more weeks left here we might not have that much material. So here's the, well, a couple things on this. Amazon. Well, no. So, this, so like my wife was online last night and she told me she ordered two books that were significant for her and her childhood. Now, I can't convince her to read them and, and do the video. So, you know, I'll have to read her books, but I'm happy to do that. Uh, and I, because I, I did, I told you and Jess that I cheated a little bit, right? I, I know the equipment that we have available and the tech that we have available. So I grabbed some stuff last Friday from the office and, you know, I've been filming them in my home office, but I have the stuff from the, from the department to kind of, you know, liven it up a little bit. I'm going to probably take that back down and, and lighten the mood now that we're a week into this. But I, I think I recorded, I did, I did three separate, sessions either over the weekend or after i got home from work so i've got like nine videos ready to go um and i've only i think i've only put up three or four of mine so i've, I've got content going forward and you know I'm, I'm trying to sit down when i have a few minutes and do like two or three at a time so they're not all posted to youtube yet but you know they're they're already done so we've got a little bit and i said last week i was kind of joking when i said to my mom you know do not pack a big bag of books and drop them off in my house she didn't drop them off but she packed a bag of books friday <laughs> night and i was out uh, getting some exercise on saturday and i swung by and picked them up and i've only read one of the books that was in that bag um so and then the other part is so i think i mentioned this last week our our local uh celebrity and my friend ty allen jackson yeah i own several of his books so I, I recorded um, when I closed my eyes, and we already posted that. And I wasn't familiar with another local artist, Dan Sadlowski, but he saw uh, Mikey and the Dragons and when I closed my eyes. So he dropped off his two books. I uh, posted one of those last night, and I'll, we'll post the other one later today because I was happy to support some local artists. That was awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then got recommendations for books and and poetry online so um trying to read and record the shell silverstein poems i i apologize i couldn't help it i was tripping over my words and laughing uh, but it was fun for me so <laughs> so that was cool um and one of the i had an uh, a quick little tech conversation back and forth with ty allen jackson and i'm not sure that i'm ready to try it yet but as this thing stretches out which we don't want to run out of content as you said um but ties were in a couple chapter books and i'm pretty sure that you know if i have a, an hour of an uninterrupted time i can probably pick up say danny dollar millionaire or the super duper kid and record each chapter separately we could stretch this. Oh out. yeah, yeah. We could stretch this out to June if we yeah, had right. to. Right? There you go. Uh, and and you know then the other cool part is the decision to post them to YouTube instead of doing them just like as Facebook Live or something like that. Now that library exists. Even when we go back to normal, we'll still have those, so we can use those for other things, right? So, yeah. Um, that's kind of cool. I got to tell you a quick story that I was, uh, you know, my son had set me up. I'm recording these, and then. After I had done a couple, I brought them upstairs because I, I kicked everybody, yeah. you know, to a different <laughs> level of the kicked house. Kicked them out of the house. Yeah, just let me do this. You're going to make me laugh or something, you know. So I bring it up to her, and, and click, click, clack, moo, moo has the word typewriter in it. And my daughter's listening. We're watching a video, and she says, Dad, you're saying typewriter. It's that you're saying it wrong. And, and then she said, you, you know, I, the first time I recorded it, I was 
had the, the I was reading the book, I wasn't facing She's, the pages to the to the camera and she says, Nobody wants to see you <laughs> <laughs> She says, You gotta face the book to the camera yeah, right. so they can see the photos. Yeah. So I ended up, you know, huffing and puffing, going downstairs and doing it all over again. <laughs> well, <I laughs> and that think- was the finished product. I, I, we've been talking about this a lot, so we should probably move on. But I mean, this is fun, right? And we we need this. Um, I I think I said it in the beginning of where the wild things are. So for reasons that have nothing to do with our job or the Pittsfield Police Department, um, I I do some uh, YouTube recordings outside of work, either because of classes that I'm associated with that have an online component, or for some um, you know personal development stuff. And so I have some equipment including like a cell phone tripod and a remote that i can activate the turn the video on without having to reach out and touch it so that's been helpful and uh but the second time i sat down to read i got everything all set and leveled and balanced and i forgot to check if my camera was set to video and it wasn't so i read the entire book where the wild things are taking still photos of myself. <laughs> I got all the way. I'm like, I need to upload this, and YouTube wouldn't find it. I'm like, why won't it find the video? And I looked, and it's just a bunch of pictures. Uh, yeah. <laughs> take um, two. Take two, yeah. I got to go back and do that again. But the, the last thing I want to say on this, unless you guys have um, more that you want to talk about, and you said this is it kind of just glossed over it, you didn't know about video editing on an iPhone. I still don't know about video editing on an iPhone, so we'll have to talk about that offline. But if there is is one thing that has accelerated for me in the last couple of weeks, and we talked about it a little bit with the remote meetings and the conference calling and all that stuff, our our use of the technology that we already had that we just weren't utilizing at all has ramped up dramatically. And one of the things for me is I, I didn't know you could scan a document with an iPhone. That's and news to me. I didn't too. know you could do it. Uh, and I'd never had any reason to know you could do it. And it came up as a, a tip sometime last week. And so, you know, I'm working in the coordinating center for a good portion of each day, but I have to get documents to both administrative and finance section of the department and the administrative and finance section of the city. But I don't want to take documents that we've been processing in the coordinating center and either introduce them into our facility and I can't because of the the partial office hours get them in the city hall so i've just been scanning them with my phone and emailing them which you know i'm gonna do that forever right when i travel for work or something you know julie's always saying where's the receipt for this it's in your inbox (laughs) (laughs) right sent it from the road well relative to that i i had not used google drive on my phone either you know i talked about that yeah you know we had uh, conversation about how to get the videos uploaded and you know just just a, some functionality that I had never utilized and you know if this situation has forced some um, some education so well, I, I messaged you after your um, after I posted your first video and I said that's not for nothing right you know when you record video on that thing turn the camera they turn it sideways yep There's something something I didn't know and I I have to give a shout out here. There's a um, faculty member, senior faculty member at um, MCLA, Mass College of Liberal Arts, Gerald Petrozula. Professor Petrozula, if you're listening, this is for you. Uh, so I'm for the last couple of years, I've been an adjunct in the degree completion program at MCLA. I teach a, a class once a year for them in the business program. And it's a hybrid class. It only meets uh, a handful of times. And because it only meets a handful of times during the winter, to make up the contact hours, a lot of it is online. Uh, and so between the first time I taught that class and the second time I taught that class, I was provided with the opportunity to complete what MCLA calls the OTC or the online teacher certification. So I did that last, not this past winter, but the last spring. And I'll tell you, you know, I've, I'm, I'm blessed. I've, I've had the opportunity to have some phenomenal academic experiences. That class was hard. And it wasn't even like, it, it, it was, you were graded, but you didn't get a grade. It, that class was hard. But I'm grateful because the stuff that I learned in that class has been hugely beneficial 
as far as technology and our reliance on technology and conference calls and, and online meetings and content creator uh, during this crisis. Right? I, a lot of the stuff that I learned in that class has been useful to me. So, I think that might be a popular class for a lot of people going forward. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Um, and so thank you for the opportunity, MCLA, and, and thanks for you know being strict with your requirements, Professor Petrozula. <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough of that. It's 20 straight minutes of story time with the PPD. <laughs> That's all right. It was, you know, it, yeah, it is. Because I'm very proud of that, right? Um, you know, they keep saying it. Plus, again. you got some print in the the Springfield paper. Yeah. yeah, yeah uh, Mass, the Republican called and did an interview on that, and Mass Live ran it. And I'm excited about that. I'm more excited about the fact that because I, uh, I threw the challenge out to the other chiefs, and I tagged the Mass Chiefs of Police in my first couple of posts. Several other chiefs have jumped on board and done it. Several. So um, I'm, nice. I'm, I'm grateful for that. So, yeah. All right. So what else has been going on? <laughs> <laughs> busy, busy. Gary, you said, uh, Mr. Munn, smart Gary, you said as we were getting on that uh, you got to call that one of the alarms went off. I'm guessing that was at the, the new facility. Yep. Uh, so the new facility, St. Joe. Yeah, St. Joe. Yeah. The, our, uh, the former St. Joseph's High School. Building maintenance there is doing My alma mater. Your alma That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, repurposed, reopened and repurposed. And uh, on yesterday's conference call, which, by the way, I got to cut out of here a couple minutes early again. Sorry. Um, on yesterday's conference call, confirmed, they, we think, Monday. Yep. The facility will be opening Monday. So... Uh, you know, just for our listeners, um, if you're if you're not privy to the day-to-day decision-making process and 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 um, and and the the speed and rapidity of what's going on and the changes, it, it can be it can seem a little convoluted, right? So this time last week, the plan for St. Joe was almost entirely different from what the plan for St. Joe is this week, and it's not. Because, you know, people don't know what they're doing or, or decisions are, are being made hastily. It's because the situation in the Commonwealth is changing so rapidly um, that we've got to be nimble. We've got to move with it. And so when the city first started looking at St. Joe, the local concern and the local consideration was what were we going to do if we s- detected an outbreak or a, a spike in positive tests among the homeless population? That was job one, to be able to isolate and quarantine um, sick members of that population to keep the spread from from devastating the population and that was controversial on you know some people had different opinions they thought that the facility should be used for something else but that was the pressing need when we started doing this three weeks ago what's changed in the interim is last week and you know formally during some of the stuff this week the commonwealth through the Massachusetts Emergency Management Agency, MEMA, made a decision to start contracting with hotels specifically to assist with that population. So we found out at the end of last week that MEMA had pursued a contract with a local hotel and that hotel's purpose under the MEMA contract would be for the quarantine and isolation of homeless. That changed our local requirement and our mission. That contract has been signed. That facility, uh, we're waiting for the final determination on when it will be available and what the process will be to get people in there. Um, But that meant that St. Joe could be repurposed. And so then um, the administration, the planning team, Chief Sammons as the emergency management director, conversation with community partners, and then the decision was, okay, now we need to... um, because of other impacts, we need to be able to expand housing for our local homeless. So now St. Joe, uh, it will be used for that purpose starting Monday. So community partners, ServiceNet, and Soldier On are going through the final steps of getting that uh, ready to go to staff that. And so, um, so yeah. homeless that are not necessarily sick, just right, just right because of the right so and i don't want to get into it on the air but for a variety of reasons um the current facility at barton's crossing is not going to be adequate for ServiceNet and soldier on to provide housing right now there's some structural things up there that are presenting a challenge and so pivot 
yeah. nimble and agile and come up with a new purpose and a new and that's that's what's been happening and that's been happening with a lot that's that's the big project but that's been happening with a lot of things um we've got so you haven't been this week <clears throat> but we've got um at the coordinating center we've got health inspectors and sanitarians basically assigned to us right they're coming in and they're working remotely they can continue to do their email and stuff but they're um they're essentially helping us triage and prioritize supply orders uh, so the orders are coming in and, and some of the people mm -hmm. we're supplying are they're, they're in our industry and they know exactly what we need the way we need it and they come in and we're just like yep fill that uh, some people don't and so even though we've tried to make it easy and we've given them a form they're giving us the information that they think is important and it's not as important to us so the health inspectors of the sanitarians are doing follow-ups and saying you know we need you to explain and justify this um we need you to explain and, and tell us you know what you're thinking maybe we have something better maybe we have something we can substitute or maybe you know we can give you some guidance on how to utilize these products longer so that we can reduce the number uh, and they've they've been great in helping us kind of follow up on that so um you know we've gotten some requests i'll give you an example <clears throat> we got a request that came in from a local pediatrician's office and the process to get supplies for medical providers is different than the process to get supplies for first responders and i'm not as familiar with it so our first response the first response, our first response to this request from the coordinating center was to send them back to the health and medical coordinating center. So you're supposed to get supplies from there. And they had tried that and they weren't successful. And what they wanted was significantly different than what the written guidance said they needed. And so we had our public health physician kind of look at it and he came back and he said, okay, well, the only reason they would need these particular supplies is if they're performing testing, COVID-19 testing in that office. Now I hadn't, I didn't know, not, not, I hadn't asked, it wasn't part of my mission that <clears throat> the Berkshire Medical Center drive up testing is only testing adults. There wasn't testing available there for children. Uh, and so this pediatrician's office, when the health inspector did a follow-up for us was in fact set up to provide testing in the office and as far as we know it's the only office currently that's doing pediatric testing so they absolutely needed what they were asking for they just hadn't put that on the request so you know it, it looked unusual but because we have the ability to check with the public health physician and we had the health inspectors to assist us with the follow-up we we filled that full order so um and there's been a lot of that, right? Dude, requests come in and we're just looking at it like, what? Hmm. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Well, like, you know, we talked about last week, you, you get trained in ICS and all these processes, you never think that it would be used to this extent. What are we in operational period 23? Is, is it 23? You 23. wrote it, right? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And you know what? I, I don't want to, there's some wood in here somewhere. Right? I don't want to jinx us because we're running 24-hour operations periods. And th there was there was a lot of discussion um, three weeks ago going into what that should look like. And uh, Chief Sammons and I kind of, you know, he was like, yeah, we, we can do this. One of my fears is that because we got the we got the projection for the dates and we talked about this in our conference call yesterday afternoon and we're we're a week out from where we think we're going to start to see surge numbers. One of my fears is that when we get to the 10th, 11th, 12th, we're not going to be able, the situational awareness is going to be changing so rapidly, we're not going to be able to maintain 24-hour operations periods. Cut it down. And if we have to go to 12-hour operations periods, yeah, I don't know. The good news is that a lot of our, Lieutenant, you're my um, colleagues, our core staff, that have been impacted by this and unavailable to us are back. So uh, we got bench strength, but if we have to go to 12 hour operations periods, it's gonna. Yeah, it'll uh, it'll ramp up things yeah. for, sure, for certain. It's not gonna be pleasant. Yep. All right, so we've got a, a few seconds left before the half hour mark here, and we're gonna get there and go for another check of the weather and a station break.
And in a few seconds, we will come back from that and continue to talk about what's been going on in the city of Pittsfield and Berkshire County and the Commonwealth. We talk about the Patriots organization and the end run that they they put out for some supplies yesterday. It's 930. Thanks for tuning in. WTBR radar weather for the Pittsfield area. Today, rain likely. Highs in the upper 40s. North wind 10 to 15 miles per hour. Chance of rain 70%. Tonight, mostly cloudy. A chance of rain in the evening. Lows in the upper 30s. Northeast wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Chance of rain 40%. Saturday, partly sunny. Highs in the lower 50s. Northeast wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Weather forecasts for WTBRFM are provided by the National Weather Service. Hi, this is Sergeant Mark Madalena with the Pittsfield Police Department. We all have busy lives and we're in a hurry to get to where we need to be. While driving, people are eating, drinking, talking, putting on makeup, doing their hair, checking social media, texting each other, all while the dog sits on their lap. The result is running red lights, stop signs, speeding, and finally crashing. Distracted driving is illegal. You can be ticketed or criminally charged. Please share the road and pay attention. Let's make sure everyone gets where they want to go safely. This message is brought to you by the Pittsfield Police Department in cooperation with WTBR-FM. Support for WTBR comes from Greylock Federal Credit Union, proud to support high school arts and sports programs to help our community thrive. Greylock Federal, with locations throughout the Berkshires and online at greylock.org. And from BeFair. BeFair is one of the largest premier human service agencies in Berkshire County. If you're looking for services for a loved one or are interested in caring for the people we support, Visit BeFair.org today for available opportunities. PCTV and WTBR are bringing Restaurant Rush back. Mark your calendars for Wednesday, May 13th for an evening of great food, music, raffles, and more at the Tavern at the A on Crane Ave in Pittsfield. If you're a local restaurant, we want to hear from you. This is your opportunity to showcase a dish in front of over 100 guests. Space is limited, so call 413-445-4234 today to reserve your spot and make sure your restaurant is represented at PCTV and WTBR's Restaurant Rush. Welcome back to On Patrol with the PPD here on WTBR 89.7 FM, Pittsfield Community Radio. This is the weekly community radio program of the Pittsfield Police Department. My name is Mike Wynn. I'm the chief of police here in the city of Pittsfield, and I'm one of your co-hosts. I neglected at the top of the hour to mention who else was in studio with me. I've got uh, IT guru extraordinaire Gary Munn over there on the board, sound engineer. Good morning, morning, Chief. And we are also joined in studio this morning by Lieutenant Gary Traversa, commander of the Communications Outreach and Professional Standards Bureau in the police department. Wait, wait, he's got a new title now. The longest one. The The longest longest one. He's, he's the awesome Gary now. Yeah. Awesome Gary. Uh, Smart yes. Gary. Smart awesome Gary and Gary. awesome Gary. I saw that message earlier this week. I, I laughed. That's great. Uh, it, and our fourth musketeer is MIA yet again. Not only is he not showing up to help us out, he's not even telling us he's not coming. Yeah, I don't know what's going on um, with Darren. I haven't really... I, I've messaged him a few times in... Other than helping me out yesterday with something on Facebook, I haven't really heard from him. And he's in the team that's working, right? He's yeah. he's, he's in Team A. Yeah. He's on. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Darren, if you got your ears on, we're we're not only are we missing you, we're a little disappointed, brother. Right? Your your public misses you. So, I'm not disappointed. I just miss him. <laughs> <laughs> So we just mentioned uh, Team A, so we probably should explain that a little bit, right? So we, yeah, we, sure. are, uh, we are one week in to what has been referred to in the Pittsfield Police Department as the emergency staffing plan. And I want to give credit where credit is due because our people, our officers, our supervisors, um, they could have protested loudly and mightily when we as the senior command team made a decision that we had to do something to uh, put force protection measures in place to make sure that we had adequate staffing to weather this and they didn't they uh they worked with us Um, their union leadership worked with us um these are extraordinary times they required extraordinary measures but everybody that we um we tasked and tapped with changing 
their normal routines, they they did it. They came along. I'm sure they're not all happy, but they all did it. So um, last week, we we started seeing within the department some test results coming back. We we knew we had some positives within the department. Some of which were. Um, we're already at the tail end of, of any illness, um, but the numbers were enough that we knew we had to do something. If we didn't go, if we didn't change something, the likelihood that we were going to have widespread illness within the patrol force, within the workforce, was it was a hundred percent something was going to happen. Um, and because of where those positive tests were coming from, the divisions they were assigned, and the role they had, the the chance of cross-contamination of communi- communicating the illness between forces was was high. And so the command, um, largely Captain Kirchner, but you were instrumental in that, he, Lieutenant. Well, hugely Captain Kirchner. Um, he, he, I think he really worked hard yeah. with, with Lieutenant, Lieutenant Dolly, Dolly. Um, to, to get that, um, you know, initial plan uh, on paper. And, and through the, you know, through Friday night, all day Saturday, because we had a deadline. We had to have something in place by midnight Saturday night to, to implement it on Sunday morning because our work week runs Sunday through Saturday. And so um, basically what we did is we took all of our available swarm personnel, all of our investigative personnel and everybody, um, we rolled them back into the patrol force. We said, you know, grab your uniforms and get ready to go. And we took that available team, uh, essentially, you know, 85 people, and we split them in half. And we said, half of you are going to be on, on the Team A or Team 1, and you're going to work, you, you know, day shift, evening shift, or midnight shift for seven straight days. No, no, no time off for seven days. Uh, compensated, right? We have to make a plan for that. And Team B is going to stay home and stay away from Team A so that the risk of uh, spread between the two halves was eliminated and we kind of knew based on our conversations with public health that if we had some detectable illness in team a uh we would have enough bodies in team a to cover if those people had to take some time off and that happened right we had a couple people who had to um go into quarantine while they were tested mostly negative so we, we that was short-lived uh and if we had illness detected well in the first seven days in team b by the end of seven days it would either have run its course or we would have Treat, we know those those people were in treatment, and so we would know how to balance the shifts. And by doing that, um, we were able to go seven uninterrupted days and have adequate staffing on all three shifts. And now going into the second week, um, we're we're in a pretty good place because we've had no reports of illness. No one, right? One one report of illness in the second team. So we know going into the next seven days that for the most part that team is healthy and uh, we've got a healthy patrol force to stretch. And now the first team will go into a rest period and if we have to continue this thing as, as the um, shelter in place goes on, we know that that team will be healthy in seven days. Yeah. So it was a dramatic, and if you're not familiar with our regular rotation, most of the time our patrol force works a five, uh, sorry, a four day on, two day off rotation. So their days off rotate every week and uh, they move backwards. And so to switch from a four day on, two day off rotation to a seven on, seven off rotation was a significant change implemented in a very short period of time. Uh, and as I said, agility and nimble decision making and action are, are the watchword and they did it right they just did it yeah i mean there was as you mentioned <clears throat> a day's notice essentially for a major schedule change and uh, you know i think also um i think we should uh, give some credit to the union presidents for working with uh, captain kircher and lieutenant dolly to you know make that work and you know the, their input as a team um, I think is is part of was part of the the success of rolling it out and you know I'm I'm there I'm sure there's bumps and bruises in terms of people having to adjust their um, you know their schedules and their family life but childcare oh yeah it, it, that that's an impact yeah. absolutely um, but it, you know in I, I didn't have much involvement in rolling out this plan but um, I did. Uh, work with 
Officer Gaynor in her capacity as a training officer and all of her contacts throughout the state to, um, you know, get some model uh, schedule and staffing changes that other departments were doing um, just to, you know, get an idea of, of you know, some, some idea, you know. What else was out what, there? What else was out there, exactly. And, you know, obviously I'm not going to name any place specific, but there was... Um, a lot of controversy with those changes. Some of them hadn't even been implemented because of the pushback, um, because it is so severe. So, you know, I think, as you said, it's uh, a big credit to our whole department. The whole team. Yeah, for for making that work for, it, for the better, best, you know. And again, absolutely, you know, to the union presidents, right, um, Officer Sean Garrapin and Sergeant Matt Hill, uh, yeah, because we could not have done this without them, and so so just to explain, when we when we and I say we the senior commander, so that's me and the captains and the lieutenants, when we were debating this virtually and remotely because we couldn't all be in the same place at the same time, um, the original recommendation and I stood by this recommendation was fourteen day rotations right? yeah. because based on the recommendations we were getting from CDC and public health, the belief was. If we could detect the illness in each team for 14 days, then based on what we know about the incubation period, it would run its course uh, and you know, stretch this out. And there was a, even within the command, there was a lot of concern about that. Um, but we kind of hit on that as the number because it was the number that we thought gave us the best chance to make sure that we didn't get sickness in both halves. And uh, 14 days was, was going to be a heavy lift. And to the union presidents, they came back, and, and without getting into a ton of detail, but they pointed out, one, we were implementing the plan two weeks in. So we didn't need 14 days, right? What we really needed was seven more days because if it was in the workforce, it was in the workforce, we were going to see it. Right? Mm -hmm. we, we were already well in. And the other point they made is, you know, we had to take in the fatigue factor. We had to account for the fatigue factor. If we went 14 straight days without a break, not people were going to start getting sick for other reasons. And so they advocated for their people. Uh, they, they did the right thing. They were absolutely right to take that position. And uh, we're, the plan is better, and the organization is in a better place because they did that. And so, um, you know, this Officer Garropy is, uh, is a graduate of our in-house leadership development program. That program talks about, you know, how to advocate for your people and take care of your people. And he heard that lesson and reminded us, you know, spoke, spoke, you know, I hate the term, but spoke truth to power and reminded us that we had an obligation to make sure that we were making decisions that protected our people too. And so, you know, good on him. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll you know, really, um, you know, thoughtful input i think all the way around and uh you know it doesn't just by doing this it doesn't guarantee us anything it just gives us a better shot at keeping a, yeah. a healthier team you know that we're unfortunately we're in the business where we have to make contact with people Absolutely. you know it's not it's not totally unavoidable um and and we share a lot of equipment yep um it, we we have a lot of equipment that you know, you just think about the officers going out in the street with their, um, you know, their duty belts and all the, the equipment so, on there and the nooks and crannies. And yeah. we talk about, you know, Tyvek suits. It's just not practical in yeah, our business. You can't cover that stuff up. You got to be able to get to it, yeah. right? I Early, early on in this, I was having a conversation um, outside of work with a, a friend and a colleague, training partner of mine. And I was explaining to him the the difficulty of doing our job of community contacts and, and apprehensions and, and whatever all of it in ppe and uh or personal protective equipment and so i i use the example and this is ancient history now but when i was assigned to um when I was assigned to Quantico with the DEA, one of the things that that assignment allowed me the opportunity to do when I was not in the field on a teaching assignment, 
I got to take classes, DEA classes, and pretty much any class that was offered at Quantico that I wanted to take, if there was space in the class, I got to sit in on it. So a lot of the classes I took obviously had to do with my, my regular assignment there, which was in the supervisory development, leadership development unit. But a lot of classes I got to take were just because they were in my wheelhouse and they were of interest to me. And so two of the classes I took that summer were um, the clandestine lab enforcement classes. So the, f- the first clan lab class is you go to, you know, you go to clan lab and, and clandestine lab is um, meth- basically methamphetamine or illicit chemical uh, drug production. And you learn the chemistry and you go and you study that and you learn the precautionary stuff. But the second part of that class is the tactical aspects. It's running raids. And to run a raid, a simulated raid, on a known drug target, a manufacturing facility, we had to go in full PPE, right? Nomex uniforms, Tyvek suits, SCBAs, booties, gloves, taped, right? The full-on hazmat suit with a vest, and then in my case, a rifle and go do the raid. Right. And so then you got to figure out after the raid, how do you decontaminate the stuff that was outside of the suit? And it's a, it's a pain, right? You got to decon your weapon. You got to decon your belt. You got everything that wasn't covered by the Tyvek and the booties has to be treated as a hazardous materials thing. We're not there yet, but that's the type of stuff that I'm like, listen, you can't, you can't do traffic stops and and surveillance and disturbance calls and arrests if you're wearing, you know, it's one thing just to go hit the door, go in there, take people to the ground, put them in handcuffs. Okay, we can do that. But all the stuff that is encompassed in regular patrol operations, you can't do that in that gear, right? We're... we're going to have a conversation. I have to... I was going to text Captain Kirchner before we got in the air today and... Um, you know, the news cycle this morning was talking about changing recommendations. We expect sometime today that the CDC is going to change their recommendation regarding face masks just by the general public, right? So LA has already made a recommendation as a city to West Coast hotspot. Mayor of New York changed the recommendation last night, East Coast hotspot. Our mapping and projections, not all that different than New York City. So we're probably going to have to make a change at it. Just the change of deciding whether or not our personnel should wear. We, we, this is a week-long conversation for us. Should our personnel wear mask or face coverings when they go on duty? And that's a decision that's going to literally be made later today. Um, but again, you know, is it mask? You know, medical-grade surgical mask because we're in contact with somebody who's symptomatic, or is it simply a face covering to cut down? on the you know, shedding virus, right, the, the droplet spread. Those are two different PPE factors, right? It's like level one and level two. And we're going to have to figure that out. Right? And so, I think the complicated, we're still learning about this virus to yeah, a certain absolutely. extent. Like how resilient it is, how long it lives, you know, outside of an organism. and So it's, you know, the medical community is still we're still getting information about what it what it where it lives and where it doesn't yeah uh, yeah i was reading yesterday that uh now it can be spread through breathing and talking yeah thus the the six feet rule is that going to become the 10 feet rule <laughs> someday you know i don't think we call them rules right we we learn that in law enforcement with the 21 foot guidance rule. it's not a rule <laughs> guidance it's a guideline yeah. it's a recommendation and just to give the listeners a little picture of what the chief was talking about in terms of the Tyvek boots and the, and the booties and all that and why it's difficult for us to operate. That it, remember the movie E.T.? When yeah. they found E.T. and went to his house? <laughs> yeah. That's what the chief is talking about. Uh, yeah, right? that, that level of protection. Yeah. You know, I think they might have even had the, uh, um, the breathing apparatus, the Scott packs yep. or whatnot. Uh, so in, in that movie, if memory serves me right, they had... Um, what are they, we don't use them. What are they, the, the PAPRs, the powered air purifying respirators. Yeah. So they got the pack on your hip. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> Going back to the, what was it, late 70s, early 80s? That Hilarious. Was, you know? Yeah. So you're, you're, 
you're close to my age. Do you remember the children's television show? No, I'm not, so. Chief. No, nowhere near. <laughs> do, do you remember the children's television show Zoom? It was on PBS. No. So I just this is a complete aside, but so the the Zoom meeting has become the thing, right? That's going to yeah. be one of the words of 2020, right? Last week it was going to be PP. This week it's going to be Zoom, and. My my wife, because she is now working remotely, she like she just told me this morning. She's like, I've got a Zoom at nine. I've got a Zoom at ten. I've got a. She's got Zoom meetings scheduled on the hour every hour between nine and two thirty. Um, and so there's this television show on PBS from when I was a kid called Zoom, and the theme song says, you know, go on and zoom, 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 zoom. Everybody's doing it. So last night I found that song on YouTube <laughs> and I posted it. I was just like, you know, flashback, throwback to the 70s, right? And a lot of people were like, oh, yeah, I remember that show. <laughs> so it must have been too busy watching Sesame Street. <laughs> I put, Mr. Rogers. Yeah. <laughs> I, I put that up and, and Christina literally hit me with an OK Boomer. And I am not a boomer, right? For the record, I'm not. But she okay boomered me. <laughs> what the heck? I did so. read this week where Zoom, previous to this, you know, th these times, they had like uh, 10 million users. Back and, in December, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Back in, and now they're at like 200, 200 million. 200 million, yeah. Well, I just, about growth. My, my phone chirped as we, or buzzed as we sat down here, and we, we just got from our city IT department, IT security expert extraordinaire, Michael Stebbin, Mr. Munns, Mr. Munns boss. He sent out the Zoom protocols because now we found out yesterday there's a security. Well, yeah, that's there's a security <clears throat> risk in Zoom. Growing pains. Yeah. yeah, they didn't expect it to. If you're a listener and you're Zooming, uh, recommendation is make sure your Zoom is password protected. There are people out there exploiting security so yeah, what's happening is they're doing it's called Zoom bombing. Zoom bombing. You can hack into somebody's Zoom session and they're either posting pornography or racial slurs. So yeah. I got an intelligence. Um, I got an intelligence hit early this week. I think it was early this week. Might have been at the end of last week from the Anti Defamation League. Anti Defamation League is one of the um, leading sources that we look at for intelligence around. Uh, extremism and, and uh, particularly white supremacy and they had uh, online chats I don't know that it was zoom but online chat functions they were holding webinars and they literally had leaders of white supremacist organizations and cells infiltrate virtually infiltrate these meetings and then start spewing extremist white supremacist propaganda during an ADL meeting and so that's F FBI's on that one and then on a lighter note I saw something online last night where a uh, high school student was I don't know she's I don't know it was TikTok or Snapchat but she was basically advertising to her her colleagues and her peer set that she had crashed somebody else's class like she had found out the class schedule for other classes than her classes and she was essentially you know if a teacher was holding a class meeting for 30 students who are now telelearning she was putting out invitations to unenrolled students to like drop in on these classes and you know just kind of be disruptive so if you know 30 students were registered 100 students were showing up for the class and 90 of them had no interest in being there other than to be jerks so, technology, it's great until it's not. Yep. Yeah, right. TikTok, you mentioned TikTok. That was another one. I had never heard of that before two weeks ago. Yep. I don't um, know anything about it. Sorry. It's, a, it, um, it's beyond my it, social media. It's a, it's a video hosting. You have to look it up. It, you record videos and, you know, it's like... Like so, Vimeo or something? Yeah, well, yeah, Vimeo. <laughs> that was a flash in the pan. Uh, you, you, so you know, it's like a video Snapchat? It's, it's something like that. You know, you post videos and they put challenges up and then, you know, it's try to become an influencer. But there's, I saw an article, this was before, this was before COVID, right? BC, before COVID. Uh, there was a group of 20-somethings. Uh, they basically were, it's, it's like the real world house, but the whole purpose for them living together in this house was to post content to TikTok. Like, they didn't know each other before they connected online, and then they moved into this house together, and, you know, they were recording, like, you know, sing-alongs or beer pong challenges or whatever. They, 
the whole point of their existence was to create and post content. And they're making the world, money doing it. The world is changing. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, uh, um, it's coming up on uh, it's coming up on nine fifty five. We've got a few minutes left. I'm going to have to cut out of here in a couple minutes to go jump on a conference call. This has been a a free flowing, free ranging episode of On Patrol with the PPD. I don't know that we, I don't I don't know that we hit any topics that. I don't know. <laughs> There's not anything else going on, unfortunately. This is, this is what we do, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, you know, go jump on the command and general staff conference call and find out kind of, you know, where we are, uh, you know, situational awareness for the the day and the upcoming 48 hours, um, you know, to get through the weekend. Then I will get off of that conference call and drive over to the coordinating center where I'll kind of, and I, I, so we mentioned our staffing plan. And the, the extension of that that we didn't get into is we put out a, a warning notice or an action notice, standby notice to all, all of our Berkshire County law enforcement partners um, that, you know, if this plan didn't succeed to the extent that it has, that we might need mutual aid. Uh, and that, that flare, that SOS uh, got forwarded. And so I got a call early in the week from uh, state police uh, B troop headquarters and they were saying listen you know we're here to provide help if you need us you know stand by so you know our our law enforcement partners outstanding but already uh, in response to another request so i've got um one local fire chief chief durfee from lanesboro and three local police chiefs chief o'brien uh chief sorrell also chief o'brien from lennox chief sorrell from lanesboro and chief rathman from hinsdale who have all uh, agreed to take some shifts and stand some watch in the coordinating center so i can focus some attention back on pittsfield and ppd and uh you know split some time so uh, i'm thankful for that and we've got other departments that have been stepping up those departments have been uh helping us uh fulfill orders deliver orders uh chief o'brien actually dropped off an order of uh, protective equipment to our wastewater treatment plant for us on his way home yesterday so everybody's stepping up everybody's uh leaning in everybody's helping and i'm i'm grateful for that because uh, you know lieutenant traversa can tell you my responsibility between the 16th and and maybe like you know the middle of last week was was not was not fully focused on the PPD. The the senior command was carrying that uh, carrying that ball, and I'm thankful and grateful for that too because you guys all stepped up. Yeah, it's you know it's it's been different uh, a, a different time and you know uh, adjust and overcome as you know we say in the business. So um, we improvise, you know, we adapt, yeah. we overcome. Gunny Highway. Yeah. All right. Speaking of news, real quick. Um, and also, you're mentioning the help you're getting. Uh, there was an article in the Eagle about Chief Sorrell sticking around a little longer. Chief Sorrell delayed his retirement, and I'm yeah. thankful and grateful for that as well. So. All right. I'm going to step away from the mic and turn this over to you, Lieutenant, so I can go get on this conference call. Uh, right. my, my, my third office is the cab of my cruiser. Right? I, have yeah. been, I have been doing a lot of meetings in the cab of my cruiser, so... Thanks, guys. All right. Gary, kill that mic, Take and care, I'll talk Chief. to you soon. All right. So, Gary, we were going to talk a little bit about Zello, which I can speak to somewhat, but you're much more um, the expert on that. It, it, can you give uh, the listeners a rundown? on? So, Zello is a, an application that we use um, on our phones for um, our... Basically, it's a radio communication. So and, and Zello's a, I mean, it's available to anybody. Yes. Like you and I, if we were, didn't have this job, we could download Zello. And it's basically a push-to-talk application, right? Right. Um, so, yeah, it's free. And we've been using it with the, for the department for um, our radio system. So if we're out of service, say if you're on a trip to Chicago, you can hear all of our radio transmission, and you can even transmit from Chicago as if you were down the street. Yeah, the and w- with with a very slight delay. Yep. But it we're, we we would have that capability because it is internet based. Right. So it's um, I I had heard um, might have been one of the sheriffs that was on it like over in Europe or something. Yep. And it was 
you know, their radio channel was crystal clear over there because it's, you know, over the internet lines. So we're actually going through an upgrade. It'd be today and possibly Monday. Um, Zello did have a paid side of it. It's called Zello Work. And they've actually made it free for all first responders. Oh. Um, so I went through the approval process, got the department approved, um, got the account all set up. So we have a console on the back end where I put all the users in, Yep. Um, create the channels. So we have our main police frequency. Um, and then uh, along with that, for, say, like Captain Trapani, our detective captain, um, we set up a channel for him for his command staff. Yep. Uh, so they can all communicate on the side. Um, so it's going to be a really useful tool. And then we're going to have our vendor come out and make that connection even better. So it'll be uh, crystal clear. So one of the, 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 the big advantage to Zello and why it has come up in this, you know, in these recent weeks is... Um, well, we're out of time. Oh, it's okay. 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock. All right, we'll sign off. We'll talk about it more next week. Yeah. Everybody have a great day. Great weekend. Stay safe. Stay clean.